0: One, two, three, four. Monster movie.
1: Fun
0: time, go! Monster movie. Fun time, go! Monster
1: movie. Fun time, go! Monster Monster movie. movie. Fun time, go! With Precious D and Honey Bee. Fun time,
0: go! Okay, we're starting today with... It came from beneath the
1: sea. (sighs) Boy, did it. (sighs)
0: Uh, Hello. Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I'm Precious D. And I'm Honey Bee. Today we are discussing It Came from Beneath the Sea from 1955. It's a black and white movie, but the version that we had access to had been colored in.
1: Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, ooh, yeah. our first movie in color, but I didn't know that it was not originally in color. That's kind of strange.
0: Yeah, and I, now I do have a physical copy that's in black and white. There was a time when you could share your voodoo library with a friend, mm-hmm. and the friend I was sharing with thought it was a good idea to buy this in color, <laughs> which is why we had access to it. I see. I could have watched my Blu-ray. It's good that you had a copy you could watch, but it was colored in. And they did a good job. I don't know if you are old enough to remember, but early colorization was not good.
1: I am not. I do not remember any of that. (laughs) Uh, It it was a
0: big deal at the time in in that everybody hated it. Mm -hmm. Ted Turner was the one that started doing it. Give me a year. 80s, I guess.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Ted Turner had this network that he was taking nationwide, a couple networks, and he thought there'd be more interest in these old movies if he colored them in. And he did a taste test to prove it. He did a screening of Casablanca where I think they were showing black and white and color side by side and they could monitor which version people were looking at. But just because they were looking Ooh. at the color version does not necessarily mean they preferred it.
1: Yeah, I so, think you just naturally are going to look because it's your eye just naturally wants to look at the color. I think.
0: Yeah. Right. But they also and yes, and they also might have been looking at it and just being appalled. Like, this, looks, <laughs> this looks terrible. I can't. I can't look away. And people at the time were outraged, and I believe rightly so. But at the same time, when he was doing this, he was doing a lot to preserve old films. So he was doing good work with film on the one hand, and then kind of crapping on it on the other hand. Because these old old films deterior, deteriorate physically; the film just starts falling apart after mm-hmm. a while. Right. So they need to be uh, preserved anyway. This we saw it in color and it looked fine, but it's originally in black and white. Seventy nine minutes, directed by Robert Gordon. Special effects by Ray Fucking Harryhausen. <laughs> I mentioned a while back that we would be seeing his name again and here it is. Here it is. Budget 150,000, box office 1. 1.7 million. Uh the monster is a radioactive octopus or possibly a sextopus. Ah! He, he does not have 8 limbs. <laughs> I didn't count myself. This is what I read. I guess they thought people wouldn't notice.
1: I didn't notice. I didn't count. Uh -uh. I didn't
0: notice at all. I probably wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't read it. Uh, I couldn't find any definitive size on it. It was just listed as massive. Uh, And I'm not sure what the death count was, but it seemed like it was a few. I don't know how many. Oh, I know it's at least five. Mm -hmm. Because we see a tentacle come down on five guys in a row towards the end. (laughs) Five guys running down the street, and he just sort of lays the tentacle down on top of them. Oh, are you wearing your uh, octopus shirt
1: still? I am. I wore a special shirt, my octopus shirt, just for today.
0: Yeah, take some more pictures of that, and I'll put them on the the gram, as the kids say. (laughs) Cool. Though it is about to come out. Cool, totally, I will. The movie stars... Toby, uh, I'm sorry, Kenneth... Toby, who we saw previously in *Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms*, playing Colonel Which Jack,
1: was amazing, <laughs> and this movie was
0: not. Not as much. And uh, Donald, no. Donald Curtis plays Doctor John Carter of Mars. Are you Are you familiar with John Carter? I'm not character by edgar rice burroughs they made a movie a few years ago called john carter that did not do
1: well uh, i kind of feel like maybe i heard about this but i really don't know series of
0: science fiction novels a, a man from earth oh, goes to yeah. Mars, and his name is john carter and the, those novels had been out for decades when this movie came out but they went ahead and named this guy john carter anyway the character on er is named after john carter Mm-hmm. He, The character specifically says my father was a science fiction fan. So that's another Dr. John Carter out there in...
1: A little the- trivia for you.
0: Well, for a little more trivia, our leading lady, Faith Domergue, was discovered at age 16 by Howard Hughes, who we discussed in a previous movie. Was that also Beast? Or was that... Don't. It was Joe. It was Joe Young. It was the lady from Joe Young because both she had a weird life and the girl, little girl had a weird
1: life. Mm-hmm.
0: Remember, she she was the one that was sort of married to Howard Hughes.
1: Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
0: So Howard Hughes has his hands all over our movies here. She this uh, Faith Domergue was in a relationship with Howard Hughes until she discovered that he was also seeing Ava Gardner, Rita Hayworth, and Lana Turner. <laughs> She was like, no, thank you. She was in a couple other, same year, in Cult of the Cobra and This Island Earth. No, uh, yes, yes, those three movies in the same year. And also, The Atomic Man, also released in 1955. She was very busy in 1955 making fast science fiction crap. <laughs> crap. Uh, what did you think of her?
1: um i really went back and forth with her character uh-huh. but i think as far as like acting went i think she was fine this, this i really man this movie i feel like there was not enough monster in this movie like what the yeah. actual fuck are we doing here <laughs> that's what this movie made me feel like like it was just like there wasn't enough monster i feel like the only monster in this movie was the (laughs) douchebag is
0: that the commander
1: yeah pete pete and his creeper peepers he yeah i yeah i I don't know this was probably i'm gonna say this might be my least favorite so far ouch Ouch. okay Okay.
0: uh well let's get into it the we start off with some narrator talking about the atomic powered submarine and the mind of man had thought of everything except that which was beyond his comprehension
1: <laughs> and no music either it's just like straight narrator like just yes. starts talking like grabs your attention i thought that was weird at first until the uh, music started and then i was like oh, okay that was pretty cool
0: and then we also have opening text i feel like you need to have one or the other but not both a narrator and
1: and opening text.
0: Now, sometimes you have a narrator who's just reading the opening text, and that's okay. But to have the two things separately, that's a little weird.
1: Yeah, it's a little it's a little much. It's a lot of information. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but it must not have been anything important because I didn't write down what it was.
1: Yeah, I uh, I also don't remember it so. <laughs>
0: uh so we start off on a submarine captain doesn't like the music that somebody is playing over the address system
1: <laughs> yeah so, yeah what does he say he does he say does he say to play something salty mm-hmm.
0: yeah i don't know if he wants a sea shanty or what
1: yeah so it's uh i thought that was funny like salty i think he meant like spicy or maybe i, I thought saucy?
0: Had, i thought it had to do with the sea but that's not really what we get yeah. <laughs> yeah just sort of generic instrumental music and they're kind of talking about hey this new sub is great they're joking about how big it is because even though it's a submarine you know it's it's a submarine so it's still cramped but i guess compared to the previous sub they were on it's huge in there and so it's the newest state-of-the-art atomic submarine uh we see i noticed we see one hispanic guy our first This man, a guy in any of these movies. Shout out. He's just there as part of the crew. He's not a tacky stereotype or anything. So good for the movie. I'm going to give it a racist factor of one half. Usually these things get a minimum of one because there's only white people in it, including one Hispanic guy will give them a one half. And uh, so they're in there in the submarine listening to the music, and something odd is on the sonar.
1: Mm -hmm. A sonar blob appears. Yep,
0: and they call for battle stations. Uh, They note that it is not a whale and not a ship. Mm -hmm. They can't tell what it is. It's getting closer. They're going to try to take her deep. Uh, And then there's an impact and a radiation warning, but the radiation is not from the reactor of the atomic submarine. It's from outside. They're not leaking radiation because they got hit. Something's coming from outside. And then the sonar goes out and they try to go all ahead full, but it's not moving. So they just come up to the surface and ask for volunteers to blast the sluice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at this point, Mac gets hit on the head hard, and they start talking about how he just got married, and he's worried about the radiation, because he wants to have children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, wor- random little... <laughs>
0: well, he's worried right the radiation there? is going to make him uh, sterile.
1: Right. So they they, uh,
0: they get loose, and they surface, and then we cut to divers coming up, and there's stuff clogging the diving plane, something sort of rubbery, barrel-shaped And since we've seen the movie poster, we know it's got to be a chunk of tentacle that's caught in there. Mm -hmm. And they take it to Pearl Harbor, the narrator tells us, to the naval shipyard to have it analyzed. The best minds in the nation are called upon. And here we meet. The narrator points out to us that these three people are meeting for the first time. The professor, the doctor, and the commander are all in there in these yellow hazmat suits or something Mm -hmm. looking over the piece of the creature. Uh, And the professor is Professor Joyce. That's her last name. I don't think we find out her first name for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, She wants to get back to school. And the doc says that we need her because the only person who's better than her at this is dead.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well first he's like, Oh, they only one better than this is what Dr. So and Vanderhelm.
1: Said. Dr. Vanderhelm. Yeah.
0: And the commander's like, Well get him. He's like, I can't, he's dead. <laughs> Why'd you bring him up, you dick? <laughs> what the F. Come on, man. You're just playing games now. Yeah. And then when uh they all take they take their helmets off, their hazmat mm-hmm. off and the commander is struck speechless by how hot dr joyce uh, professor joyce is and i disagree but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i just put here eye roll here's the thing <laughs> it's just the way that he goes about it i just really do not like this commander character it's i just feel like he's creepy and aggressive and i just did not like him and i know that there's well we'll get to it we'll get to it i'm and he sorry smokes yeah.
0: in, he smokes in the lab a lot too. he
1: smokes in her face
0: <laughs> well you know cigarettes are good for you yeah i did not care for yeah he's just like oh hey lady
1: yeah you know? he's yeah he's like he's disgusting and there's <laughs> and she's another one of
0: these lady scientists and not that there shouldn't shouldn't be lady scientists and aren't lady scientists but it's a thing in these movies that give us one of these lady scientists who is there to be like a love interest because they're never the the male scientists might be any age I mean they're going to be white but could be a young guy could be an old guy it's mm-hmm. always a young uh, attractive lady scientist we never see a middle-aged woman who's maybe old enough to have gotten her degree so uh, we find out... This is when we find out his name is Dr. John Carter and that the commander's name is Pete. We don't find out his last name for a while. Mm-hmm. And he tries to make nice, but Joyce is cranky because she needs a nap.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh... Pete, tries to, Pete tries to get the lay of the land. He wants to know if there's anything going on between her and Dr. Carter, but ends up just giving her ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rather than clearing the way for himself he just points out that there's <laughs> another option in the room
1: <laughs> that's hilarious and they, and they they talk about
0: somebody brings up romance and he says uh, even if i had the time where would i get the opportunity women aren't allowed on board a submarine and i'm like well that's just a lack of imagination <laughs> and acknowledging <laughs> the reality of navy
1: life sir. exactly yeah i literally have a note oh. right here that said we all know you navy boys dot 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 never mind Right. yeah <laughs> and yeah. this is the part too where he smokes his cigarette in her face and he's like talking about romance and like oh oh, oh and trying to be this macho guy and he's just like smoking a cigarette three inches from her face
0: uh and then she said so the women aren't allowed in the submarine and she says i thought the navy was equipped for everything
1: so I, think she, I think she
0: knows what's going on in the submarine
1: yeah sick burn joyce
0: and uh, he asks her are you tied up he just comes right out and asks her in, in a very distasteful way if she's seeing anybody are you tied up so he's just terrible at flirting but Joyce goes back into the other room and starts making eyes at Dr. Carter.
1: Yeah, because it's like, I think she like talks the way she talks about him, like, oh, he's a brilliant man. Uh, like, you know, I think ideally, I mean.
0: She goes back in the room and she starts looking at him like, hmm. No. Yeah, like, oh. And the thing about this love triangle is that one of the angles is completely unaware that he is in a love triangle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> poor john he Dr. yeah john but
0: carter doesn't know he's in a love triangle I- and doesn't seem to care when it's brought to his attention
1: I would like to just say maybe um, John Carter is a mature man and just sees that you know he just takes the opportunity and accepts what is. He's
0: a goddamn <laughs> professional, is what he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> hanky panky in the office. Uh, but yeah, there's a few times throughout where it seems like she's trying to make up her mind and he and he just is unaware. that this is going on
1: yeah i felt like in this moment when she's like trying to look at him she's like is there is there chemistry is there romance romance here right uh i don't know well then uh, just right after that
0: though we get a scene where carter says joyce has discovered the nature of the monster and he just says what a gal and then just smooches her kisses her yeah on the cheek and then she kind of clings to him Mm -hmm. so she's clearly okay with this
1: yeah but i feel like also when he kissed her she kind of like looks at pete like did you did you see that like oh i feel like this whole relationship is toxic and it's
0: horrible but i do feel like carter even though he kisses her in the workplace it seems fairly innocent he's not trying to get anywhere or no,
1: he's just, like, excited. Like, he's just like, woo, celebrate. Model Model. talk.
0: <laughs> P reports to Naval Intelligence, and uh, the Secretary of the Navy and the Admiral are going to come. And they come and look at an octopus in a tank.
1: Yeah, and it's so random. Like, what? he just, like, picks up the octopus for no reason. He, like, has these gloves, and he's like, this is what the monster is and then just like drops it back in the tank like was that necessary sir you can just point you can all see in the tank traumatize the octopus yeah like he's just shaking it up for no reason like he just grabs and they're like this is what we're talking about like drops it back in the tank i was like what the hell
0: so they talk about how there's really big octopuses Uh, i think there's there's giant squid octopuses don't get that big. But they're way down there and that this was maybe disturbed by the hydrogen bomb and they've talked to Professor Emoto in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. He supports their hypothesis. So the Joyce lays out what the hypothesis is. In the Marshall Islands bomb uh, I don't know what I wrote here. Bomb something. Bomb contaminated life? Yeah. They've done an experiment on this octopus. They've dosed it with some radiation. And now Mm -hmm. the fish that it would normally eat can sense the radiation and get out of its way. Though really, they're in a they're in a small tank with this octopus. He obviously can get them, Mm -hmm. but we're led. And I don't know why he doesn't. Why the actual octopus isn't, unless he's already been fed. Because the the actual they
1: they they explain it for some reason. Yeah, like they explain why. I mean, just on the side. Yeah.
0: In the story, this fish are supposedly detecting his radiation and avoiding him. But what we're actually looking at happening on the set, this octopus clearly is able to grab these fish and doesn't. So I'm thinking they just fed it it before the scene so that it wouldn't eat these other fish.
1: Yeah, or maybe it was a fake octopus.
0: It looked pretty real. I think it was
1: real. So they
0: speculate that this giant octopus at the bottom of the ocean has become radioactive and its prey are avoiding it. So now it has come up somewhere you know it's come up to the surface to look for food.
1: Yeah, and in this scene, uh Pete is looking at Joyce like she's a piece of meat and <laughs> and he's gonna eat her. <laughs> and i'm like and i know it's like he's maybe he's like trying to be flirty or something and like give her googly eyes but like pete come on man you're terrifying
0: oh their evidence for their hypothesis is that japanese fishermen have disappeared and siberian seal fishing is bad and it is bad (laughs) don't 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 fish for seals that's not cool (laughs) but the secretary is doubtful and the brass basically act like dicks and blow them off and then there's a thing. So it seems like the scientists are kind of being kept against their will because the commander comes and tells them that they'll be free to go in a few days. They're about to go back to the hotel, and Joyce says, oh, well, let me change. What? Why do you have to change before you leave work? Shouldn't you go <laughs> to the hotel and change when you get
1: there? Well, uh, because it was 1955, and she couldn't wear her work clothes out.
0: I don't know if she just had to take off her lab coat or what, but it was weird. And then it comes up that they are that she and Carter are going to go to Cairo together. And the doctor explains that the, it's a work related trip. They've got some bet going, and Pete runs off. And Carter says he's an interesting man. And <laughs> Joyce says, "Isn't he?" Make up your damn mind, woman. Puke. So the a ship is attacked, and at twenty seven minutes and thirty sec- two seconds, we have tentacle sign. lots of stumbling and abandoning ship and the ship is pulled under
1: yeah um yeah abandoned ship abandoned where it's so like, imagine this you're like on this ship and this huge tentacle it's like yeah you jump off the ship but then you're like jumping in with it yeah
0: so uh i think this is part of why i don't have any idea what the kill count is in this movie because the ship gets pulled under but I yeah
1: but people definitely survive
0: i think everybody got off of it before it got pulled under and then we go we're back at the hotel where our heroes are having dinner uh they're throwing a going away party but where's pete uh leslie oh this is where we find out her name is lee joyce carter and joyce are about to dance and then Pete comes in before they get the chance saying i have your release papers be ready in the morning then pete asks john permission to dance with joyce but doesn't ask her if she wants to dance and uh, just acts like a dick she's her food's there and it's gonna get cold and he's like i'll order you something else so we're gonna be a steak while we dance and i'll order you something else and she's like i don't wonder what you're being an asshole and then he just offers her lobster and she gets over it
1: yeah uh yeah Uh, yep
0: (laughs) and then they go look at the sunset and smooch
1: well yeah but she's like it's so awful it's she's like looking at the sunset this beautiful like beachy sunset she's like i like winter and he's like but in the winter it snows and she's like i like the snow and he's like but snow's cold and then they kiss (laughs) he says snow's cold those are the words that he says before he kisses her Snow's yeah. cold.
0: Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Some real Shakespeare going on here. Yeah. Uh, so then there's some small talk at the table about how much they ate. And Pete gets upset when it becomes clear that she's still planning to go to Cairo.
1: Yeah, and he his comment is, let me make a mental comment upon the nature of women. Ladies, let me tell you something. (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Fuck this piece of shit. This guy, that is such a passive, like, uh, let me make a mental comment about, like, fuck you, dude. I was really, I was done with him at this point. I was done, well, I was done with him way before this, but.
0: But uh, Leslie tells John Carter of Mars about the kiss. <laughs> he seems fine with it so I don't know what he's
1: like did you did you enjoy it he's like, yeah.
0: yeah it's like so okay you, you enjoy the kiss that's fine and <sighs> so I guess she's informing John that he's the odd man out in this triangle that he wasn't aware of I guess
1: yeah I mean maybe because I I don't know I feel like she still does go back and forth a little bit more later uh, on I, I don't know I pink... know this is go ahead
0: I was gonna say Pete comes back with Admiral Norman's assistant to tell them the release is rescinded because the tramp steamer is lost at sea. And they think it's, you know, related.
1: Right. Yeah. It was yeah, it was at this point in the movie that I decided um that there is a worse character than Denim and <laughs> that I and also that Pete was the real monster in this movie. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh he's not great. So, <laughs> So then we get to uh, search planes, finding survivors. A doctor examines the survivors. Yeah, there's not that many survivors, so I guess a lot of them did go down.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's only like maybe like four guys in there or something, yeah. four or five. Yeah.
0: And the the first guy, who is an experienced sailor, seems to have trouble coming up with the word tentacle. Yeah. He's trying, he's <laughs> trying to, the doctor's trying to find out what happened, and he, like something attacked us, like. <laughs> your steth he points to the stethoscope like those points to the ends of the stethoscope and i'm like you come on you're a sailor just they're tentacles they were clearly tentacles and we find out later that he knows that that's what it was yeah but and so the first doctor's like i want you to go down the hall and talk to this other doc and there's just something about the way he says it that everybody understands it's a mental doctor hmm so the other guys clam up because nobody wants to be thought uh, thought of as mentally unstable. Yeah. First he asks him if he's been drinking or had a blow to the head, and then he sends him to the other doctor down the hall. Right. Uh, yeah. And they they seem to be doing a. They cut to a bunch of the brass in the other room, and they seem to have a guy hooked up to a lie detector or something, and talking about it. Well, it's clear he's lying, but everybody's recanted their story. Mm-hmm. no it, it just seemed weird to me i'm not sure if he was one of the same guys that we just saw in the other room but uh <sighs> then we get this unpleasantness where joyce is like well leave it to me and she takes oh, her jack off no. and she's like tell that guy he could go but wait give me a minute to get over there and uh, she's uses her feminine wiles <laughs> to <laughs> Get the guy to admit what happened while she turns on the intercom. So they're at a desk.
1: Joyce <laughs> is a narc, is what we're saying.
0: <laughs> There's an intercom hooked he- up to the other desk, and she surreptitiously flips the switch as she gets the guy to start talking about what he saw, at which point he says, a giant octopus. So I don't yeah. know why I'm so weird about it earlier. Yeah. He just been...
1: needed a, to see those nice scientist ankles yeah. to really.
0: <laughs> and uh, now, unlike uh, the Japanese authorities, <laughs> the narrator tells us that North Pacific closed to all shipping. Because, you know, in Godzilla. It
1: took oh, yeah. Forever... Because it took them forever with the party boat. <laughs> yeah, it took them forever to <laughs> shut
0: down the shipping lanes. But here, boom, shutting that crap down. Uh, and they're searching with planes and ships are dropping depth charges.
1: Yeah, are they like? Is that what it is like? Are they like bomb bombing random spots, or is that like supposed to like look like one of their tools or something?
0: I mean, I think they're just dropping bombs into the water that will go. Okay, off,
1: yeah, I thought go so too, off
0: yeah. Once they've hit a certain depth, and we go get a meeting about what to do if we find it, mm-hmm. they talk about torpedoes and depth charges, and Carter uses a. Oh. <laughs> Carter tries to explain something. Oh, he's explaining how cephalopods, octopuses. Oh yeah, how they can move so quickly through the water, and he pulls a balloon out of his pocket that he just happened.
1: John, is that a balloon in your pocket? I,
0: in case a party breaks out, or he's like, I frequently. it might be that as a marine biologist, I frequently have to <laughs> demonstrate to people how cephalopods travel so fast. So I always carry a balloon with me uh, just in case this topic comes up.
1: But, but, but it could be that he's in the lunchroom like, a oh, very, very on birthday. <laughs> So he blows it up and
0: releases there air shows how that can make it move really fast. Um, I think they move by, you know, flexing their muscles back and forth, not by blowing air out their backsides. <laughs> uh, but then they, we get word that uh, three bathers are missing from Australian beaches. They're going over a bunch of reports, I think. And one of them is that three bathers are missing, and one of the guys says, ah, sharks. And there's high waves on the midway. That's worth investigating. Marine weather station off Canada out of contact with land. Deep-sea fishermen off the northwest coast are complaining of poor fishing. So John Carter thinks the weather ship is most likely, and Professor Joyce wants to investigate the deep-sea fishermen. Mm -hmm. for some reason, Pete can't go. And then we get a telegram about a missing family in harper's cove so pete gets to go with joyce after all because they tell him to go with her to check that out
1: and his creepy he's been creepy staring <clears throat> at her this entire scene as well so
0: yeah and again Ooh. there's some creepiness yeah we're going to get one of her into oh. moments in a minute at harper's cove they examine an overturned car they are gonna out with the local sheriff the ignition is still on in the car, and they ask the sheriff, "Are there been any reports of whales or sea serpents?"
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: they, they find giant sucker marks in the sand. <clears throat> Pete radios from center to be sent for. Oh, Pete radios for Carter to be sent. And the, then we get a scene where the local sheriff delivers Carter and tells him that the others are fishing, and they are out in their they're in their swimsuits, getting friendly. <laughs> Carter comes, uh, Carter comes on to shore. He's in the water. Not Carter. Uh, Pete. Commander Pete comes on to shore. He's got like a spear or something. He's been fishing. And for some reason, Joyce is standing up on some rocks, like opposing uh, or something. I don't know yeah. why it was now. So that, I mean, they staged this so that he, that... Pete can come over and pick her up and lower her down to the ground.
1: Maybe be- she's like looking out like for the giant octopus. Maybe she's <laughs> like, if I get on higher ground, Maybe. I'll be able to see more. Maybe. Something.
0: But it seems clear that the director has just staged it this way so we can get the the lift and drop. And he smooches on her. But then we hear yeah. John yells out and she gets all weird. When she knows that John's, there, yeah. she gets all weird. Doesn't want, don't want John to see me canoodling with you,
1: with the likes of you, because <laughs> yeah. he's a big brainy scientist.
0: So again, it's like she can't seem to. Why do you care if John's upset or not, or I don't know? John hasn't done anything to indicate that he's interested. So even if you're just being sensitive <laughs> to his feelings, he hasn't indicated he has any feelings. So I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't want to be caught being unprofessional. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe so. I literally wrote down when they started kissing, I hate this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So uh Bill who is Bill the Sheriff? Bill says something about flying saucers and sea serpent. So again, we have, like in them, we have people talking about flying saucers when that's just nothing to do with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a big thing at the time. Flying saucers yeah. were all the rage. Carter confirms the imprint is a giant octopoda bidrachita. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's a big octopus. Big octopus. <laughs> Norman is setting up HQ in San Francisco. And. Uh fishing pod? I don't know what that's about. I wrote down fishing pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fishing pole? Pool? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Pete wants Joyce to beat it and let the Navy handle it.
1: Yeah, after he was just playing grab ass and yeah, in yeah. her bathing suit.
0: And what is what's the, he
1: literally says, what's the difference what
0: she says? So, yeah, so <laughs> Pete says that Carter can you help me get her, convince her to beat it and let the Navy take care of it? And Carter says, well, what does she say about it? And he says, what's the difference what she says? And John explains. Yes, about, education oh, moment. John mansplains to the, yeah. other, <laughs> to the other man who needs it. There is a whole new breed of women that feel they are just as smart and courageous as men, and they are. So Good on you, John.
1: Good on you, John. But could did you have to use the term a whole new breed? I know. Like, that was kind of weird a little bit. Like, well, like, it is, like, but... You almost had it there, buddy. I, I,
0: well, the thing is, I mean, because, yes, women have always been as smart and brave and whatever. But the time that this is made, this is right after World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, where women were called upon to do all these traditional men's things to help with the mm-hmm. war effort and then the war was over and the men came home and said okay we're here now you can stop doing that stuff and the women were like oh but do we have to because <laughs> uh, we kind of like doing some of that stuff and maybe we don't want to stop so uh, i think that's where this idea of a new breed of woman uh, comes from that that in at least in American society this is a new development because of the war
1: I see okay that makes sense Yeah, I was like fuck you John I mean you're doing, you're doing better than the other guy but
0: they don't like to be overprotected and they don't like their <laughs> initiative taken away and Joyce gives Pete the ABCs she gave me ABCs earlier I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: where she's like A this and B that and C the other thing John is on her side. So Pete gives in and it appears. The sheriff is grabbed and the heroes run away.
1: Yeah, I was like, wait, where are you? But aren't you here to, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bye. (laughs) Like, okay, we located it. Run.
0: And this is the biggest look we get at the monster so far.
1: Yes, we get to see his little eyeball or his big eyeball, I guess. Yeah. Or her big eyeball. We're not sure. We're not sure.
0: It's an it. It's, uh, it. it's a gender neutral octopod.
1: There you go. Uh, the narrator
0: comes on and tells us the news. The news spreads. Beaches are closing. Mines are set. West Coast made ready. And the Admiral gives a press conference. Um, What? Oh, oh, for some reason so for some reason they think San Francisco is a target, as if the octopus cares about San Francisco. But they are preparing to fortify San Francisco specifically when it could hit anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they put in an offshore minefield with radar and sonar and a submarine net hung from the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm. Which can be electrified. I feel like this is gonna interfere with a lot of other ocean life not just <laughs> the giant octopus
1: yeah it's kind of like that that oxygen destroyer like how many <laughs> things is this gonna kill
0: <laughs> and one of the reporters says uh it can attack us but what's being done to attack it um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question yeah uh i see here i wrote joyce trying to locate monster i guess calls carter on radio i wrote trying to locate mon (laughs) or did i or is it non i don't know she calls carter on the radio they bait something with a dead shark can't risk bombing can't just wound it destruction must be complete and instantaneous I, i don't i'm not sure why that's the case but they've decided this and they want to target the brain
1: yeah because they're afraid that it's going to get away too quickly remember with the balloon trick
0: (laughs) right (laughs) joyce takes the yeah but they could still i mean so what if we wound it it's a complete failure it might bleed out i don't know (laughs) don't see why they feel like we must kill it instantly but joyce takes the newspaper men to the navy yard and to show them the weapon it is a jet propelled torpedo Uh, It was Joyce's idea. It's got a harpoon warhead. The explosion is set off electronically once it is dead on target. And the the reporters ask about submarine. I I don't know what they... Why? (laughs) And then Joyce talks about 13th century monsters terrorized Denmark and Holland for 30 years.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, what?
0: And that a monster disturbed by volcanic eruptions on the ocean there was once a monster Mm -hmm. Disturbed volcanic eruptions the same year as vesuvius so i guess she's telling us there's two historical precedences for this
1: and she has a picture yeah like what
0: some kind of drawing
1: yeah some kind of yeah sketch like some kind of sketch like let me tell you this and let me show you this random sketch that i keep in my back pocket with this balloon and they
0: asked the news guys to give the facts but don't cause a panic And uh, somebody asks if there's more monsters. So this was unusual that they're just actually informing the press and asking them to be responsible rather Mm -hmm. than trying to hide the facts from everybody. Uh, And then the narrator says something about the equipment check signal coming in, entering minefield fire. Ah! Joyce orders a red alert. So the Navy is now taking orders from her. This is just like in them, where these people that start out in one job just keep moving up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ordering everybody around. But, it, you know, they're listening to the experts, so that's good. And the monster attacks the bridge. Joyce alerts Carter. Maybe it wants to fight?
1: I don't know, but this is probably the best moment that we get out of the entire movie. That's like the monster is like this bridgey. Yeah. Or I guess, yeah, yeah, this is like the first like good monster moment that we get um, to see
0: little Octo. uh, So there's a guy on the bridge who gets an order from the radio to abandon his post. So he does. And then they realize that the electrical current from the net drove the monster up out of the water, and so if they want to get it off the bridge, they got to turn off the power. So mm-hmm. Carter goes out on the bridge to pull the switch, because the guy left the power on. And he runs out there and throws the switch, and the creature crushes the car he was in, and Joyce screams. So she's... I mean, even if she doesn't want to take Carter, they are friends, so she's... Yeah,
1: obsessed. yeah.
0: Pete drives out to save Carter. They get in the they get in the car and drive off as the creature is uh, crushing the bridge and they mm-hmm. escape and there's hugs and it retreats. Yeah. And a radio announcer comes on and tells us dangerous shit is happening. Go <laughs> about your business. The ferry's not running. So stay off the roads and stay away from the ferry building. And as he's saying this, they are showing us that of course, everybody is on the road and at the ferry building. <laughs> Nobody's complying at all. What do we get here? HQ stuff? Yeah, the headquarters stuff. What is this? Tentative position in the bay near the ferry building. Area not cleared. Total evacuation is ordered. Helicopter is giving instructions to people. And the monster attacks. But there's still a lot of people just hanging around Mm -hmm. where the monster is.
1: I kind of noticed too right here that the octopus, kind of the monster, he kind of looks like Dookie. <laughs> like he, like his, he just kind of, I was like, what? He kind of looks like poop. Yeah. Like literal poop. Like he kind of yeah. just looks like a turd. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, the turd slaps the helicopter out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. <laughs> And at HQ, the commander, Commander Pete, is authorized to take any steps deemed proper. So Pete, John Carter, and John's bow tie go to the submarine. (laughs) Because John Carter has dressed very dapperly for the monster confrontation. And I wrote down, Joyce's plunging neckline seems unprofessional, especially compared (laughs) to bow tie.
1: Oh, Joyce, get with the program. Did you not get the memo? Yeah.
0: I don't know what it, what is with her outfit. Um, but yeah, it's a sharp contrast to John's uh, bow tie.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, is it, isn't, isn't she in a... Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay.
0: Sorry. Uh, there's lo- lots of tentacle waving and dum-dums running around technical groping around minor damage and i keep so that we see this clock tower and i keep mm-hmm. waiting for the clock tower to get it because the clock tower always gets it in these things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um godzilla takes out a clock tower i think in one we haven't watched yet the giant behemoth i think it takes out a clock tower but he uses the clock tower it uses the clock tower to pull itself out of the water and they try to use heat to drive it back into the water, like flamethrowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if they want to kill this thing, they should be keeping it out of
1: the water. Oh, yeah. I thought the same thing. Like, why are we, why are you driving it back into, like, the huge-ass ocean? It's, like, out. Like, yeah, tra- trap where, it. Yeah.
0: Wrap it on land, and it'll eventually dry out.
1: And it'll eventually dry out. Damn. That's, like, a slow-ass... Yeah yeah painful well, yeah but-, but i mean but true i don't mean, need anything but what we're doing here which is driving it back into like if it goes into the ocean wouldn't it just like swim the fuck away
0: so the sub dives down to try and get a shot and the clock goes down and looks really bad because we could see that there is no clockwork inside the building <laughs> it's totally fake and then I wrote five down. That's where he gets five.
1: The yes, yeah, the five dudes.
0: Five pedestrians in one blow. <laughs> and we are back in the submarine where we started. Yes. Torpedoes are standing by. Uh, I Get wrote a load of those torpedoes. I wrote flamethrowers, shoot, run, detonate. That's the plan, I believe. And the flamethrower seemed to work as it retreats. As it retreats, we see that there are still cars going by. (laughs) Because, you know, they've they've taken actual real footage and then (laughs) done camera work to to cut the monster in on top of the real footage. Mm -hmm. And they didn't bother going at like five in the morning when nobody's on the street. So we have all these cars going back and forth, like under the tentacles.
1: Just going to work, just a normal day.
0: Yep. When they should all be driving away. Well, they shouldn't be there at this point. Yeah. They shouldn't be driving away, not through. Uh, So, number one torpedo fire, and it sticks in the creature, and the creature grabs the sub. the sub. Which
1: (laughs) I laughed when the torpedo (laughs) went into the octopus. I was like, what?
0: Well, that's how it was supposed to work. It was supposed to detonate once it was... It wasn't supposed to detonate on impact.
1: Uh, yeah, but it's so funny. Like, just the texture <laughs> uh, of the octopus and the little right. torpedo. Just like... Bleep. And I wrote, so much for step three. Because
0: step three uh, was, was run. They were supposed to run and then detonate the thing. And uh, Commander says, this is where we came in. Commander Pete goes out in Aqualung with plastic explosives. And is a spear with explosive on it. And he jabs it into the octopus Mm -hmm. And goes off, and he is knocked out. (laughs) Uh, Somebody asks, I think it's the second-in-command, asks, are we still back in full? From the engine room of the Enterprise, Scotty tells us, we're giving y'all she's got, sir! (laughs) And the second-in-command says it's his turn to go, but John Carter says, no, it's my turn. And I don't know why the guy doesn't tell him to sit down and shut up yeah oh Oh, and then for some reason the uh the hispanic guy from the beginning comes in and is clearly clearly dubbed over
1: yes i was just about to say this what the f it's so obvious like it's it's it even sounds like john's voice to me (laughs) like it's like the almost the exact same voice
0: he's so weird He's explaining something about the timer, and I don't know, because the guy didn't have like a ridiculously thick accent or something at the beginning in the movie. I don't know if maybe they changed the line and needed to record it or had technical difficulties on the day, but he's clearly been dubbed over with somebody that is not him at all. It's just blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so John swims out to uh, get Pete. He swims past Pete. And we get some bad effects here. Yeah. We can ooh, We can see through Carter as he's swimming in front of <laughs> the uh, superimposing or double exposure or whatever the camera trick they've done is not done properly, and we can see through him. He,
1: wah, wah, wah.
0: he shoots it in the eye, and the submarine is freed. And when when range opens up, fire? Oh, so when they when they get far, far enough away, they're going to fire at the octopus. Yeah, yeah. But the captain's still out there, and the other guy, John, grabs Pete and swims away. But they, they fire. They don't know that they've gotten out of the way. They fire anyway.
1: Yeah. And yeah we, this was the worst, uh, quote, unquote, explosion I've uh-huh. ever seen. So <laughs> anticlimactic. Yeah
0: so they're up on the deck of the you know, submarine's gone up to the surface and the, the second in command and another guy out there trying to spot the guys and like I don't see anything oh wait yes I do there they are rescue them later our our three heroes are having <laughs> they're having dinner in a public place where there's a TV on and the TV is talking to about heroes but there are three others who also served who should must uh who must not be forgotten mhm and they're sitting there kind of smugly smiling to each other. And then the guy on the TV says, we will be raising a memorial plaque to civilian defense volunteers crossing guards as street <laughs> railway employees of the city. Yeah. First of all, you wouldn't refer, you would say there are many heroes, not three heroes when you mean three categories you wouldn't say three others when you mean three categories of people Mm -hmm. but why are crossing guards one of the three (laughs) categories i don't understand because
1: of all of the traffic trying to get through when octo was destroying the freaking city you know crossing guards you gotta you don't forget about the small guy who was helping the octopus cross the road with all that traffic.
0: Yeah. That was just weird. So but then we find out Pete is going to see you for a month and asks, Will I see you again? And Joyce gives him the ABCs again and they kiss. And he says, Stay Doc, you were right about this new breed of woman. The Ugh. Judas priest.
1: <laughs> Gag me with a spoon. So far, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms and Godzilla Raids again are my top two favorites. And this is definitely the worst for me. <laughs> With um, you know, probably King Kong. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I it was this one's definitely the worst for me so far. I feel like the whole movie it there wasn't enough about the monster. It was more like following this like horrible relationship that was awful and just I just ugh. We yeah,
0: I'm glad I'm glad it's over. Too much of the human drama.
1: Yeah, I'm like where the fuck is the monster? Need a and then we only get Yes, exactly. Like I understand we want like relatable, you know, to make the story real or whatever, but first of all, none of that was relatable. Second, It was just, like, where is the monster? What are we doing here? Like, come on. I Yeah, I think if there was more monster in this movie, it would have been good because it's, like, cool. Like, ooh, a radioactive octopus. They could have done so much more. Right. But they decided to focus on um, Douchebag and Tits McGee, and it was horrible. Well,
0: we've got one coming up uh, a little down the road here that you are not going to (laughs) like. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> because not enough monster, but there needs to be a balance. They are talking about making a a monsterverse movie. That's what they're calling this current crop of uh, Godzilla. And Godzilla related okay. movies, the Monsterverse. The director or producer of somebody is talking about making a Monsterverse movie with no humans in it. Ooh. And I think that that is a mistake in the other direction. That is just gonna yeah. be fighting each other.
1: I don't know. I think it could I think it could be good. I think it the idea has potential.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But um I could definitely see where it could be a bad idea. I'm
0: I'm concerned. I mean, is this gonna be like a National Geographic uh Planet Earth kind of documentary. (laughs)
1: Like a voiceover. Yeah, it'll
0: just be Benedict Cumberbatch going, and now the (laughs) giant penguin (laughs) will be attacking, because he can't, apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch can't pronounce penguin. (laughs) So he can narrate about the the radioactive penguin is attacking the giant iguana.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see how like that, uh, that plays out. Well, I think it could be either really good or
0: really bad. I mean, we'll be there on day 1, but,
1: <laughs>
0: but I do not have confidence. Well, folks, that wraps it up for It Came from Beneath the Sea, one of 3 it movies I know of, apart from It. 2 years before this was It Came from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. And then decades later was It Came From the Desert. That was like a fairly recent movie. Uh, please, if you enjoy this, go on the iTunes and give us a rating, a review, and subscribe uh, and tell all your friends. And you can email us at go at gmail.com. You can go on our Anchor page and leave us a voicemail there. It's anchor.fm slash m-m-f-t-g. And you can find us on Facebook. No, yes, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram, Monster Movie Funtime Go. Uh, We're on the Twitter. I think it's just Funtime Go. Funtime underscore go. On the Twitter. And, uh, as always, we won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go.
1: Monster Movie Funtime Go.
0: You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacado Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.